You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Well, in Acts chapter 1 is where we're going to start. Today we're going to talk about God's gifts. I know some of us are in the mode of, what am I going to give my mom for Mother's Day? Well, if you haven't decided, it's a little bit too late, huh? Because today's Mother's Day. And we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, about gifts, more importantly about the gifts that God gives us. But we do want to extend a happy Mother's Day. This gift that we gave you, ladies, has a little scripture that says, God is within her and she will not fall. And it's our gift to you ladies. It's a security wallet that, um, that I know you will enjoy. And it's a reminder that God is always with you. How many of you believe the presence of God is always with you? Amen? Praise God for that. Now, uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 4 is where we're going to start off with today. And uh, this is a scripture that reminds us that God is a giving God. Aren't you glad we serve a giving God? Amen? And it says right here, talks about a gift that God desires to give us. Now, this is Jesus. It says, on one occasion, Jesus, he was eating with them, and he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. So what is Jesus telling his disciples? He's telling his, his disciples, I've got another gift for you. They've already made their statement of faith. They've already loved Jesus placed their faith in the Son of God, but yet Jesus says there's a, there's a gift that the Father has promised you that I want you to have. Today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about God's gifts. Lord, thank you that we have the privilege of being right here in your presence. As we come together, we want more than anything the anointing of your Holy Spirit in our midst. As we've been worshiping you, we sense your Spirit. Lord, as we just just know that your presence is here, as we get into the teaching of, the, of your word, we know, Lord God, that you're going to speak to us even through the teaching of the word. We pray that you would enlighten our minds and our hearts in everything we do. And to you be the glory and praise. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I have a, a few slides to remind you about maybe some Mother's Day cards. I ran across a few things. I thought these were that some of these were had a little bit of humor in them. So if you don't mind me, maybe, maybe you uh, want to prepare a Mother's Day card similar to this. Watch this. One. Let's, uh, Motherhood Incorporated, one vacation day a year? That's all I get? We call it Mother's Day, but technically you still have to work, huh? Any moms know what this is about? Okay, the ne- another card. Let's take a look at this. Uh, no matter what life throws at you, Mom, at least you don't have ugly children, Okay. <laughs> All right, how about another one? Uh, Mom, last week everyone jumped off a cliff, but I didn't go. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about there. Okay, happy Mother's Day. Sorry for kicking you in the womb. Huh? <laughs> yeah, some, yeah, okay. Okay, one more. Mom, what's it like to have the greatest daughter in the world? I don't know, dear. You'll have to ask Grandma. <laughs> I like that one. Okay. How many of you are grateful for your mom? Amen. Praise God. Yeah, let's give him one more praise. I'm fine with that. Yeah. So today we give mothers uh, Mother's Day cards. We give mothers Mother's Day gifts and praise God. So what is a gift? We want to talk about this. 
I, I looked it up in the dictionary, and here's a definition that I found of a gift. Something given voluntarily without payment in return as to show favor towards someone or honor an occasion. A present, something bestowed or acquired without any effort by the recipient or without its being earned. Now, I would venture to say that most of us enjoy receiving gifts. Now, i got to tell you about the greatest gift any of us could ever receive. It's called the gift of eternal life. And in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the Bible says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Aren't you glad for the gift of God? What is the gift of God? Eternal life. And I want this right here just for a few minutes. If you would picture this gift that I have in front of me. This is the gift of eternal life. That is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Some of you have received this gift. Some of you have opened up this gift. What does it mean? It means you have said, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, and I want to live for you. And because of that, you've entered into a relationship with the Son of God, and you have the privilege of experiencing eternal life. Anybody looking forward to eternal life? Amen? But praise, praise God. Now, once again, can you earn this gift? Somebody say, no, no, you can't earn this gift. It's a gift from God. Some people want to earn their way to salvation. Kind of reminds me about yesterday. When we did the Servant Saturday, we were mowing lawns for our community people, and, uh, and we, we, I told everybody, don't receive any money because we're, we, we're not here to pick up money. We want to serve our community. We want to love on people in our community. And one of the teams, uh, I was told, uh, Shauna over here, I was told that some, one of the ladies was very insistent. I wasn't with you there. Very insistent on giving, is, am I right, $20? It was a daughter, and she, she was very She wouldn't let you leave without... A twenty is that correct? Okay. And the reason I say that is because some people have a hard time receiving a gift. We wanted to bless them, right? We wanted to give them a gift, but she had a hard time receiving. She, oh no, no, here's here's some money. And unfortunately, uh, don't have that attitude toward God. God wants to give you this gift of eternal life, and you don't have to give God anything for it. You don't have to pay for it. Okay. You don't have to earn your way to heaven. Some people say, well, i got to earn my way to heaven. Or other people think, oh, all i got, I got to be a good person. And if I'm a good person, I get to go to heaven. No, that's a lot of, as I say in the Greek, baloney, okay? <laughs> Bible doesn't say that. Bible says, okay, if you're a good person, praise God you're a good person. Eh, yeah, you get a pat on the back for that. But if you want to go to heaven, you got to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Amen? Ask him to be your Lord. Open up this gift of salvation, gift of eternal life. But can I tell you something? God is such a giving God that he doesn't stop at just this one gift. God gives us many gifts. And today I want to talk a little bit about a second gift that he gives us. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, God says, okay, there's another gift, okay? God is such a giving God. Scripture says this, repent and be baptized. This is Peter replied. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So now there's another gift. There's a gift of eternal life, Romans 6, 23. Then there's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Now let's look at Acts 1, 4, the Scripture we started off by reading. 
Now, once again, what did Jesus communicate to his disciples? His disciples had already placed their faith in Jesus as the Son of God. They already knew that they were going to heaven. They were preparing themselves for ministry. Jesus was getting ready to ascend back into heaven. They were ready to do the work of the ministry. They were believers. They were disciples. They were followers of Jesus Christ. But then Jesus, oh, I got another gift for you. That's pretty cool, huh? I got another gift. They already opened up this gift, but Jesus says, I got another gift, and it's recorded here in Acts 1-4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Wait for the gift. I'm going to heaven, but wait for this gift. I'm so glad that we serve a God who's a giving God. He gives us gift after gift after gift. I've seen so many people as a pastor open up this gift, and they love Jesus. They're on their way to heaven. And, and, but you know what? They struggle in their spiritual life. They're struggling with this issue and this other issue and this problem, and, and they're, having, they're having problems overcoming that. You know what they need? They need this other gift that Jesus speaks about, the gift of the Holy Spirit, because this is given to us to empower us to live the life that God wants us to live. So let's take a few moments to see what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. First of all, the Holy Spirit is a third person of the Trinity. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an it. it, it he is the Son. He, he, I'm sorry, we're God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He is the extension of the Godhead Trinity. Now, if you want to look at more specifically the biblical aspect, if you go to the Old Testament, the Old Testament is primarily written in the language of Hebrew, and the word for spirit in Hebrew is ruach. Somebody say ruach. Ruach, okay? And then if you look in the New Testament where the spirit of God is mentioned, this, the New Testament is primarily written in the, in the language of Greek, and there you have the word pneuma. Somebody say pneuma. And whether you're talking about ruach in the Hebrew or pneuma in the Greek, it has the same meaning. There's two distinct definitions. First of all, it means wind of heaven. And secondly, spirit means breath of fresh air. And I want you to picture that, how it's like, once again, when we read, we're going to read later on in this series about Acts chapter 2, how as a mighty rushing wind, the wind, the spirit, a breath of fresh air, the wind from heaven, it's the Holy Spirit working in us. And what a great gift that God has blessed us with. Over 800 times in Scripture, we see either the Hebrew ruach or the Greek pneuma, and it means the breath of God. Jesus himself spoke about it. It's recorded in John chapter 3, verse 8. In fact, Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit many times. This is one of them that he references it to like the wind of heaven. It says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So Jesus correlates the, the Spirit of God with the wind from heaven. So now let's turn with me and let's go together with Acts chapter 19. And here in the book of Acts, we see... Just what it means, once again, in Acts chapter 19, Jesus has ascended into heaven. But once again, he's left his disciples, he's left his followers with a beautiful gift. The gift of 
the Holy Spirit. And over the next few weeks, we're going to develop what the Scripture says about the Holy Spirit. So in verse 1 of Acts 19, we read this. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So let's stop right there. Paul meets up with some people who are disciples. In other words, they are Christ followers. They've received, when you're a disciple, you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You are a follower of Jesus Christ. How many of you are Christ followers? Amen. Paul runs across these individuals, and he says, okay, you are disciples. Have you received, what does he say? Have you received the Holy Spirit when you, when you believe? So in other words, he's saying, wait a minute, you've received this gift. Hey, guys, have you received this gift? You received your disciples, but have you received the gift of the Holy Spirit? And their response is, no, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. They weren't familiar with this other gift. Yes, they were definitely familiar with this gift of salvation because they were already disciples, it says. And then in verse 4, Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Uh, he told the people to believe in the, in, in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. So let's stop right there. He said, okay, you talk about baptism. Okay, we know about baptism as well. We're baptized by John the Baptist, which means, okay, after you receive this gift, what we need to do is be baptized in water. What does that mean? Well, water baptism is an outward confession of our inward commitment to the Lord. So once we receive the Lord, what do we got to do? Take the next step. Saying, you know what? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm going to be baptized in water. And I'm going, to be, I'm going to associate myself, I'm going to position myself as a child of God. And so, once again, for those of you that have received this gift of salvation and you have not been baptized in water, you know what your next step is. And some may say, well, I was baptized as an infant. Okay, that was great that you were baptized as an infant, but that was not immersion. The word baptism from the Greek means to immerse. That's what the word baptism means. And, and, that, that's, and so an infant, can an infant make a decision? Well, I'm going to serve Jesus for the rest of my life. Well, an infant cannot intellectually be at that point to say, I'm going to serve the Lord for the rest of my life. No, it's for those of us who are uh, more mature, an older child, a teenager, an adult, that we say, I'm going to serve Jesus from this day forward. So here, Paul has this discussion with these people. And then he says, on hearing this, we're now we're in verse 5 of Acts 19. They were baptized in the name of the Lord. And when Paul, when Paul, verse 6 says, placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So what happens when Paul placed his hands on them? They spoke in tongues and prophesied. Paul says, you know what? It's great that you get this gift. You're on your way to heaven, praise God. But you know what? God wants to give you more gifts. God is a giving God. Would you receive this gift of the Holy Spirit? And when Paul laid his hands on them, we read in Scripture, they begin to speak in tongues and they begin to prophesy. Wow. I don't know about you, but the, I want more of God. And now if I were to summarize this message for, for what we're doing for, the next, for these few minutes, this message is for anyone who wants more of God. And I hope that you're here because you want more of God. Because I want more of God, and together we can find more of God. 
Today I want to encourage you to open up this gift of eternal life, but I also want to encourage you to open up this gift, the Holy Spirit. Now, the good news is, we'll talk about this a little bit later in this series, there are even more gifts than this that are spoken about in Scripture. But I want you to remember the, 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 the invite that we must receive the Holy Spirit. Now, have any of you heard the term doldrums? Sometimes we've used that terminology, doldrums. Well, I'm, I've been in a doldrum. Anybody heard that? Well, I, was, I was looked up the word doldrum, and definition number one says this, a dull, listless, depressed mood, low spirits. Some of us have been there. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Number two, a state of inactivity or stagnation, stagnation. But the definition number three gives us some insight to where the term doldrums actually comes from. A belt of calms and light baffling winds north of the equator between the northern and southern trade winds in the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. If you go further to study this, there's an actual place just north of the equator where the north winds and the south winds come together, okay? And because of where that location is and because of the winds coming, they, the two winds cancel each other out where literally there is no wind blowing in that particular place. And they've given the name to that place in the seas, it's in the, it's in the water, they've given that place the name doldrums. And then we get our, our terminology doldrums from there. Why? Well, what happens? Because there's nothing happening there. The winds from the north and the winds from the south have canceled each other out, and if you happen to be a sailboat, taking your sailboat through the doldrums, you are in a heap of trouble because there's no wind to carry you any direction at all. No wind at all. And many people literally die in the doldrums because if you're, that's if, if you're in a sailboat, if you're depending on the wind, you're not going to get any wind there. And that's that place of stagnation. And I I tell you that because spiritually speaking, there's a lot of people who are in a spiritual doldrum. In other words, there's not anything happening in their spiritual life. There's no winds blowing. What, let me put it this way, if you don't do anything about it, you're going to spiritually die because there's nothing carrying you in any, any direction. But what we need is a fresh a breath of fresh air. You know what I'm referring to? What we need is a wind from heaven. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? The Holy Spirit. You see, that is a solution to anyone who is in a spiritual doldrum. My friend, if you happen to be in a spiritual doldrum today, I'm telling you, the answer is found in opening up the gift of the Holy Spirit because this is a breath of fresh air. As Ruach and Numa tell us in the original Hebrew and Greek. What we need is a wind from heaven. Some of us need a second wind in our spiritual life. Today, we are right where we need to be because God wants to give us that second wind. So, today I want to just make three statements of how we can, three things we can ask the Holy Spirit to do. We're going to walk through it very quickly. Number one, I want to say this. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. 
Ephesians 5.18, it is here that Scripture says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. That's what Scripture says. Do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And, and the reason this is important for us to say, Holy Spirit, fill me, is because some of us, there's some people who just want a little bit of God. I've noticed that. There's some people who want a little bit of God. Okay, I'll pray once in a while. I'll open my Bible when I go to church once or twice a month. I want a little bit of God, but they don't want to be filled with God. Now, I don't know about you. I want to be filled with God. I want all that God has to give me. Are we, are we in agreement about that? I want all that God. I don't want just a little bit of God. I found out that those who want just a little bit of God, they don't, they're too busy to have daily devotions. They're too busy to spend time with God every day. They're too busy to get involved in the connect group. They're too busy to serve in ministry. They just want a little bit of God. And their spiritual cup is just partially filled. But then there are those who want more of God. Then there are those who are thirsty for more of the Spirit of God. Oh, I'm looking forward to my daily time with the Lord. I'm looking forward to my time in prayer with the Lord every day. I'm looking forward to to getting deeper in the things of God. You know why? Because uh, they want to be filled with the Spirit of God. Why should we be filled? Well, first of all, if you're really filled, guess what happens? If your spiritual glass, your spiritual cup is filled to the top, guess what happens? It starts to overflow. And everywhere you go, you are overflowing with the Spirit of God. There's going to be people and and people that you hang out with, they're going to say, hey, there's something about you. You're overflowing with something. You can say, yeah, it's the Spirit of God. Yeah, that's what it is. Or there's people going to say, you know what, (laughs) I, I, I just want the Spirit of God to be flowing out. We need the Spirit of God. We need to be filled up with the Spirit of God. Let me, let me tell you what I, I'll give you an example. This past, this past Monday, I was parked at the Holotus Post Office putting some stamps on some, and I was in the driver's seat, and something caught my attention on the rear view, on the side mirror. There was, there was a car coming behind me, and and boom, the car hit me. And I was sitting there. I'm glad I was, in, I was in my car. And when that car hit, I saw the car coming. And sure enough, two seconds later, boom, I felt it. I was not a happy camper. How many of you enjoy having, seeing your car, feeling your car being hit? That happened to me. And I jumped out and I said, Holy Spirit, I need you. <laughs> okay. Because in the natural, we went up. Give somebody a piece of our mind, right? You know what I'm talking about? Okay. In the natural, we want to yell. In the natural, I didn't get tempted to cuss, but, you know, some people get that temptation, you know, cuss that person out, you know. I jumped out, and I said, well, first thing I looked and see how much damage it had done to my car, and it was damaged, not a whole lot. It was some, and I said, okay, Lord, Spirit of God, I, I need you. I mean, no, we need to be overflowing with the Spirit of God. Because if I just had a little bit of God, I would have really messed this whole thing up. Okay. So the good news is she was very apologetic. And, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She took responsibility. Well, of course, I was parked there. Took pictures and, you know. (laughs) 
I had to pull out my phone, took pictures, making sure I was parked, right? Yeah, my wife teases me I don't always park right, but I was parked right on Monday. Yes, I was. And um, so the good news is she, she, she was willing to pay for everything and all that, you know. And, and I just said, Lord, you know, I, I did want to lose my cool. And everything in the, ended up to be all right. And um, ended up telling her about Jesus, by the way. Uh, because, but, you know, what would have happened if I would have yelled at her or cussed at her or, or just, and, and then said, oh, by the way, you want to become a Christian, huh? <laughs> Wouldn't have worked, okay? But I kept my cool in the most difficult of circumstances because I, I, my, my goal is to have the Spirit of God overflowing in my spiritual cup. That when something happens to shake up that cup, then what flows out of me is the Spirit of God. Are you getting my drift here? Okay. I believe that we need our spiritual cup filled. Why? Let me give you two quick reasons. Number one, why do we need to be filled? Because we leak. That's right. We leak. Yeah, because some, yeah, everyday life, stress and everything, well, our spiritual cup leaks. Secondly, why do we need to be filled? Because God always has more for you. Why do we need to be filled? God always has more for you. And even if it flows out, if there's an overflow, that's all right. God, give me more. Let it flow out. Let me touch people. Let me reach out to people. Let me love God. Let me love people. And then fill me some more, Lord, and I'll love more people. And then fill me some more, Lord. That's the way our spiritual life is at. Now, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, some people think, well, uh, you know, when you speak in tongues and when you have the Holy Spirit, you, you, you guys who speak in tongues, some people have said, you think you're better than everybody else. No, I love this quote from Chris Hodges. He says this, Being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. Wow. I love that. I'm going to say that one more time. Being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. It makes me better. It's not a comparison thing. Because on my own, I would have ruined this Monday deal at the Holotas Post Office, okay? But you know what? I had the Holy Spirit in me, and I reacted the right way. Is the Holy Spirit overflowing in you? Number two, the second thing I want us to focus on is ask the Holy Spirit this. Holy Spirit, speak. Speak. Jesus says this. It's recorded in John 14, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. What? The Holy Spirit teaches us? Yes, The Holy Spirit reminds us, yes. The Holy Spirit speaks, yes, the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And I love this because we can say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. I need to hear from God. I need to hear from you. What do I do? How do I handle this? Speak to me. But the other thing is, Holy Spirit, not only speak to me, but speak through me. Because there's times I need to be anointed by the Holy Spirit to talk to people, to minister to them, to pray for them, to understand what they are dealing with. Holy Spirit, speak to me, and Holy Spirit, speak through me. Now, the word here in John 14, 26 is a Greek word, and I didn't put it in your notes, parakletos, but actually is our digging deeper notes for many of your connect groups and personal study. They're in the connection hub. Digging deeper notes this week is this. The, uh, the Holy Spirit, our comforter. We're going to take three definitions of this Greek word parakletos, which is a descriptive term that tells us what the Holy Spirit does. And that, that's our notes this week. If you want to go dig deeper on the word parakletos from John fourteen twenty six, 
Last of all, number three, we say this, Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, lead me. Romans 8, 14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Are there any children of God in this house today? Amen? Well, are we led by the Spirit of God? If you are led by the Spirit of God, then you are a child of God. Our prayer should be, Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, if I'm doing something I should not be doing, lead me in a different direction. Holy Spirit, if I need to minister to someone or share my faith with someone, lead me in that direction. Lord, I want you to lead me where I need to go. That should be our prayer. Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me. I'm going to say this. As your pastor, I don't want to just teach you the Word of God. My goal is to lead you into a deeper relationship with the Lord so that you can experience Him for yourself. Okay? I'm going to say that again. My, I'm going to tell you this for my, I don't want to just teach you the Word of God. My goal is to lead you into a deeper relationship with the Lord so that you can experience Him for yourself. You see, I want you to experience, the. it's one thing for me to say, I want you to open up this gift of salvation, but no, I want you to open, I want you to experience Jesus for yourself. Amen? I can easily say, I want you to open up this gift of the Holy Spirit, but what I really want you to do is experience the Holy Spirit for yourself. Are you, are you saying what, are you understanding what I'm saying? That's what I want. I want you to have a genuine experience with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, and with God the Father. In fact, I'm going to say this, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Aren't you thankful for the Godhead Trinity? Let me, let me kind of explain it this way, and we're coming to a close. The primary role of God the Father is to love you. The primary role of God the Son is to forgive you and save you. Amen? The primary role of the Holy Spirit is to empower you. And I tell you that because there's a lot of people who say, God the Father, I love you. God the Son, I have a relationship with you. Thank you for saving me. I receive your grace. I receive your forgiveness. But there's a lot of Christ followers who don't, who don't receive what the third person of the Trinity is extending to us, and that's empowerment. The Holy Spirit has been designed to empower us, and we're going to talk more about this role of the Holy Spirit as our empowerer when we, in, in the next few months, okay? Now, I'll close with my personal story. Of, um, I, I was blessed with the privilege of growing up in a Christian home. My parents were pastors, and I was so blessed. When I was 11 years old, I opened up this gift of salvation, and I became a child of God, and since then I've never turned back. Love, love serving Jesus. About a year and a half after I opened this gift, I was baptized in water as an outward confession of my inward commitment with the Lord Jesus Christ. But I wanted more of God. I wanted more of God, and I wanted this gift of the Holy Spirit, and it was just just something lacking. And as I was growing up in my teenage years, my young adult years, I was saying, Lord, you know, I I want more. I want more, and I was just searching for more and more. And it was when I was 24 years old, I still hadn't hadn't opened up this gift of the Holy Spirit. And I was saying, and, and what was going on during that time is God, God was calling me to ministry. God was calling me to be a pastor, and and I 
I was kind of running from that calling. I wasn't running from God because I loved God. I was going to heaven. I was serving God. Yeah, but I was running from my call to be a pastor. In other words, there was something that I hadn't given to God, and that's my total will. In my case, I was saying, God, you you can have this. I'll go and I'll serve in the church. And I was serving in different ministries at my dad's church, and I loved it. But there was something holding me back, something holding me back. And I wasn't, at that particular time, willing to give God 100%. But there's one day when I was about 24 years old, I said, Lord, I really want, I really want the Holy Spirit. I, I want to speak in unknown tongues. I want to be totally drenched in your spirit. I want more of you. And I had prayed that prayer many times. Wouldn't happen. Wouldn't happen. Wouldn't happen. Getting a little frustrated. And so finally, I said, Lord, this, finally the Lord said, you need to surrender your calling to be a pastor. Well, Lord, Okay. Finally got to the point to say, okay, Lord, I will follow your calling. I will be a pastor. And my goal was not that I didn't love, I loved God, but I didn't want to be a pastor just because my dad was. I didn't want to follow in his, in his, in his coattails, so to speak. I wanted a genuine experience with God for myself. Does that make sense? And that night, I said, Lord, okay, I will be a pastor. Surrendered to the Lord. Okay, God, if that's what you want for my life. I'll do it. And about 10 seconds later, I began to speak in an unknown tongue for the very first time in my life. And I felt totally transformed by the power of God. And I got to tell you something, I've never been the same since. Those of you who knew me when I was a, a teenager, when I was younger, you probably knew that I was quite shy, very, very much of an introvert. And you're looking at me saying, you're an introvert? Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm an introvert who's now under the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? <laughs> and now the Holy Spirit has a hold of me. And I've never been the same again. I'm willing to share my faith with people. I'm willing to be bold, willing to be bold about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know what? We're going to talk in the next few weeks. Once I opened up this gift, there were more gifts that came with that as well. My friend, God has so much for you. As I've said, this whole message is all about, do you want more of God? Do you want more of the Spirit of God in your life? It's totally up to you. In my case, for years, I was holding something back, and I finally surrendered my all to the Lord, and these gifts started to flow. I wanted to be filled with the Spirit. My friend, are you willing to be filled with the Spirit? Would you stand with me right now? We're going to prepare for a time here. In just a few minutes, our prayer points that we're going to put on the screen. Number one, Holy Spirit, fill me. I want to experience more of you. Second thing I want us to pray for is Holy Spirit, speak to me and through me. I want to hear from you. And number three, Holy Spirit, lead me. I need your power to help me live with godly wisdom and make godly decisions. Now, before you bow your head, before you close your eyes, I want you to picture this right here. Some of you need to open up this gift today. This is the gift of salvation. This is the gift of eternal life. If you were to die today, you don't have 100% confidence to know, hey, I'm going to go to heaven. And once again, it's not about being a good person. It's about putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Some of you need to open up this gift of eternal life today. There's others of you that need to open up the gift of the Holy Spirit today. And I don't know where your spiritual life is at, 
But God wants to empower you. God wants to anoint you. God wants to bless you. God wants to give you his precious gifts. The only thing is, are you willing to open them up? Today, recognize that God is a giving God. Would you bow your head? Would you close your eyes? I'm asking you right now, is Jesus Christ Lord of your life? Because if there's any doubt in your mind or any doubt in your heart, whether or not Jesus is Lord, today is a day to settle that issue. Because this gift, this gift prepares you for eternity in heaven. Are you confident? Are you confident that if your life were to end today, that you would be in the presence of the Lord? If you're ready to surrender your life to the Lord and say, today's the day, I want to open up this gift of eternal life. Would you raise your hand? We're we're not going to embarrass you. We want to.